Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I've heard so many parents say when a kid is sick or with a fever or something, you know, traumatic and a parent's like, I just, you wish you could take it off of them and just have it for yourself because you don't want to see them, you don't want to see them struggle. Any of your kids are knucklehead and they do stuff they're not supposed to do and they get hurt. You still don't like to see them hurt after they did what they're not supposed to do. It breaks your heart. God says, I, I look at you guys. That's how I think about you guys like my kids, like a father pleases his kids. And so even as I come back to this and read them, first God said, you know what? I'm not listening to you no more. And then they repented. And God said, okay, okay. As a Christian, do you know that you aren't just a Jesus follower? You're a child of God. He doesn't view you as simply a religious person who attends church, but instead as his child. In today's message, Pastor Bill wants you to know that when you choose to follow Christ, you're as intimate with him as a father is to his children. It's not just a church building or a religion, but instead a family of brothers and sisters seeking after the glories of God. Join him in eternity and experience love like never before. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Judges chapter 10 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. They hated, they hated them and so that they harassed them, they oppressed them, they treated them poorly. And God said, that's what y'all wanted. I'm led to 18 years of that. 18 years of being harassed and oppressed by people that hate you and hate the God that you're supposed to be serving. And it says, all the children of Israel who were on the other side of the Jordan and in the land of the Amorites in Gilead. Verse 2, moreover, the people of Ammon crossed over the Jordan to fight against Judah, also against Benjamin and against the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was severely distressed. And so it says they were harassed, they were oppressed, and now it says they were severely distressed. I just want you to think about all three of those things. Harassed, oppressed, severely distressed. This is the result of them doing what they wanted. This is the result of them going and worshiping other gods. This is what happens when people turn their back on God. They're harassed, oppressed, and severely distressed. That's the condition that they, they get left in. And then in verse 10, it says, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord saying, we have sinned against you because we have both forsaken our God and served the Baals." And so they cry out. And so far, every time they've cried out, God has come through immediately. Verse 11, though. So the Lord said to the children of Israel, did I not deliver you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites and from the people of Ammon and from the Philistines? This is what God does. He's not throwing it in their face, but God is saying, wait a minute. I delivered you from the Egyptians. I delivered you from the Philistines, the Amorites. And then the people that are oppressing you right now that you wouldn't worship their gods. I delivered you previously from the people of Ammon and from the Philistines. So I did my job. I delivered you from them already. And he's reminding them of what he's done. And then he says in verse 12, also the Sidonians and Amalekites and Maonites oppressed you and you cried to me and I delivered you from their hand. Yet you have forsaken me and served other gods. Therefore, I will deliver you no more. I want you to sit on that. That is the word of the Lord when God says, you know what, therefore, he said, I did all that already. I delivered you from all these people and you, you forsook me anyway. So therefore, I'm not, I'm not coming through this time. I won't deliver you anymore. And I read this and think, you know what, to the people that, because some people play games with God. Some people, some people take the grace of God for granted. And there are people that say, you know what, God, grace, God, forgive me. I'm just going to go on doing what I do. And I know God will forgive me when I finally get done. Man, I'm going to do what I want to do. 
we need to understand that this is not just an Old Testament principle. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there can come a point where God says, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to turn you over. I'd like you to turn to Romans chapter one or just write this down in your notes um, because this this happens. And I don't want I want to I want us to know that it's not just an Old Testament. Some people think the God of the Old Testament is a different God. Like he's mean, bad Old Testament God. But the God of the New Testament is all juicy and gracious. Um, I want you all to know that it's the same God in both Testaments. <laughs> OK, so in the New Testament, in Romans chapter one, we'll find some of the same things transpiring. And so uh, I'm going to start reading at verse 20, verse 20 of Romans 1. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. So one result, because they knew God, but wouldn't worship him as God, the result was that their foolish heart was darkened. Their ability to comprehend spiritual things was dimmed. Verse 26, second time he does it, he says, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchanged their natural use for what is against nature's homosexuality. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Third time, verse 29. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. And so when it says God gave them up, God gave them up, God gave them over. The idea there is God took his hands off. God said, have it. You want that? Have it. And when you look at the, the spiral down, it seems like it, 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 it ends up with homosexuality. First, you wouldn't honor God as God. Then you worship and serve other things. And then women were going after women and men were going. It, it's, that spiral is going downward. That's, isn't that what our world looks like right now? That's what we're seeing happen around us. And so we need to be so careful. Because some Christians are looking at what the world saying, yeah, that's, I think God's okay with that. I think God, I think God's favorable. No, he's not. I hope, I hope y'all know better. I hope that y'all know that the world climate does not affect the word of God at all. I listened to a, a radio program, so-called Christian radio program, where pastor of a church said on the program that, you know, the idea that couples can't live together and try each other out, literally have sex together. That's that's a lot of he said a lot of old Christians have a problem with that. But and he tried to make it like it was an old Christian thing. I'm like, I, I, I'm you be an old Christian or a new Christian. I got an old Bible. <laughs> you know, like a, the, How do you rewrite that? How does how does the climate of the culture begin to because you got fake ministers that are in there for other reasons? And that's that's why. So hopefully we know better. And so just like God at this point, turn them over. You guys going to, I'm turning you over. No, I'm not coming to your aid. No, I'm not going to listen. And every, I've done all these things for you already. And so, no, I'm not, I'm not going to help. You got what you wanted. You've chosen that. I'm letting you have it. We need to know that there can come a point where God will say, you know what? I'm going to let you go. And I, I don't say that, that we would, you know, I, I, I believe that that should cause us to, there should be a fear of the Lord in all of our hearts. 
There should be a recognition that it's not a game. We can't play games with God. God is holy. He's he's real. He's holy. And so we want to we want there to be a sincerity about our lives and our walk before the Lord. And so they didn't honor God here. They didn't appreciate what God did. They didn't respond to the work of God for them in worship. They responded in, in disobedience. And God says, so now I'm not listening to this sign. And he said, therefore, I will not. I will deliver you no more. Uh, if you're writing notes, write down Jeremiah chapter two, verse 13. And it says this for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no waters. And so God said, look, my people have committed two evils. One, they forsook me and then they went and found cisterns, things that hold water, but it was they were broken. They couldn't even hold anything. Everything went in, just poured right out. Um, God said, that's what my people have done to me. Verse 14 now in, in uh, Judges 11, it says, go and cry out to the gods you have chosen and let them deliver you in your time of distress. And some people read that and be like, God said that? God said that. God said, you know what? Go cry out to them gods. Y'all been worshiping. I watched y'all. Go ask them. Go, go let them help you. And uh, I don't know if you guys ever had your parents do you like that as a kid, you know, but um, I know my mother was good for, you know, rubbing it in a little bit you know she would all, my mother would break but you would get the rub you were gonna get it rubbed in your face first so if my mom was right and you were wrong you know you were gonna hear about it and then she would still you know my mom would break she would she would she would break and do what I needed her to do or whatever but you know here I don't think the Lord is rubbing it in their face in a bad way but God is saying go ask them you, you've been at the altar of Ammon go ask Ammon to do it y'all know better you was at the, the, the altar of Moab go ask Moab to help you right now and because, you know, they can't interesting in our world, in our culture, when something really devastating happens, everybody all of a sudden knows where to really turn. 9-11 churches had record attendance across the country. Somehow, all of a sudden, everybody, the mosque, they wouldn't have at the mosque. They wasn't at the Buddhist temple, you know, going, hmm, they wasn't there. Everybody showed up back at church. How come? Because in their true heart, people know that they know this is the truth. That is the evidence that people out there playing games. When something really devastating happens, everybody ends up. Churches are packed to capacity. I remember where I was, they had to put out extra seats and try to make fire marshal cold and people could get in there and, and it, it wore off in a week or two. But but immediately, wow, everybody knows where to go. Everybody, these are all the people that's supposed to be here that's not here. Showed up. And and they knew. They knew that we need help and we need God and they showed up at the church. And so that, that just speaks, that tells me, I, I tells me that they know, they know, but they're just not choosing. And so we don't want to be those that know, but are not choosing. Amen. Amen. We want to know and choose that the Lord, because what God really wants, this isn't what God wants. God doesn't want to punish them. God wants to bless them. The whole, everything God has set up for them, God's desire was to bless them, but they wouldn't let them. They wouldn't live in a way that God could bless, but God wanted to bless them. And, and the little glimpses where they did right, God would bless them. And it's almost like God's showing them, this is what it could be like ongoing. And it was not good enough for them for some reason. And as much as I would look at that in them, I can't really put them down because we're just like them. And we've done the same thing where we know better, we should do better, we should, but we don't always do what we know we should do. And so now look at verse um, 15. So God told him to go and cry to the phony gods. Verse 15. And the children of Israel said to the Lord, we have sinned. Do to us whatever seems best to you. Only deliver us this day, we pray. 
And so they prayed again. They said, God, just we, we, they, we, they threw themselves at the mercy of God. They said, God, do whatever you think is best, but please just deliver us today. And so they cried out again. Verse 16 says, so they put away. And I want you to note, it doesn't sound like their prayers were getting through, but their actions spoke. Verse 16 says, so they put away the foreign gods from among them and they served the Lord. And it says, and his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. And this, we learned something about our father, right? God looked down. Now, when they cried out, just lip service again, God said, no, nah, we've been here before. Y'all always say sorry. I, I'm looking at y'all hearts. You don't mean it. Go, go ask Moab to help you out. But it said they repented. They said they put away the other gods. They went back and served the Lord. And God said, then God looked down and said, man, I can't, I can't stand. I, might, I love them. Hey, they messed up, but I love them. I can't stand. He couldn't stand to see the misery. Um, I hope that ministers to every believer here that God has a soft heart for you knuckleheads, us knuckleheads. <laughs> that that's that I mean that's just that's all I read that and I want you to turn, everybody turn to Psalm 103. I think Psalm 103 just beautifully puts what we see in action right here about the Lord. I'm going to start at verse one. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that the youth, your youth is, re, is reserved, renewed. I'm sorry, like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. Verse eight, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And then verse 13 is what I was really thinking on. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Now stop there. And here the Lord says, just as a father pities his kids. Any father here, you got little kids. You don't like to see your kids hurt. I've heard so many parents say when a kid is sick or with a fever or something, you know, traumatic and a parent's like, I just, you wish you could take it off of them and just have it for yourself because you don't want to see them. You don't want to see them struggle. Any of your kids are knucklehead and they do stuff they're not supposed to do and they get hurt. You still don't like to see them hurt after they did what they're not supposed to do. It, it breaks your heart. God says, I, I look at you guys. That's how I think about you guys like my kids, like a father pities his kids. And so even as I come back to this and read and first God said, you know what? I'm not listening to you no more. And then they repented. And God said, OK, OK, I can't take it. I can't stand the misery. I can't stand to see my kids in this misery. But I want you to know that he didn't move in mercy until there was repentance. That lift service prayer. He said, no, I ain't hearing that. I need to see some action. And God does move to repentance. There's a verse in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. It says he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Confess and forsake, and God will have mercy. God's a merciful God. Um, but there, there are conditions on his mercy. You need to repent. And so maybe any of us here tonight listening will say, man, I, I, I've been under the discipline of the Lord, or there's, there's areas of disobedience. If you would repent, God would forgive, and he would show mercy. 
Um, if you cover it up and hide it, God says, no, I won't, you won't prosper. You won't be blessed in what you do. But if you confess it and forsake it, he said, I'll, I'll have mercy. I'll be merciful to you. And so uh, he gives us that out. You know, he, I believe that he delights in showing mercy. And so verse 17 now, it says, then the people of Ammon gathered together and encamped in Gilead. And the children of Israel assembled together and encamped in Mizpah. And the people, the leaders of Gilead said to one another, who is the man who will begin to fight against the people of Ammon? He shall be head over all the inhabitants. I'm sorry, he should be, he should be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. And so at this point, uh, people come to go to war against God's people and they, they assemble together. I'm not going to start chapter 11. Only, I'm only going to say this about chapter 11. We'll get to that next time. Um, the guy that's going to be raised up, the next person we're going to look at, his name was Jephthah. And the people of Israel, they're used to God using a leader. They're saying, who's going to be the one to do it for us? Because even though they look to the Lord and God's now you know, going to work on their behalf, they're accustomed to God working through a person, God raising up a leader. That's what he's done. And so I would just say this to those of us that are serving the Lord. We learn this in Second Chronicles 16, 9, that the eyes of the Lord are going to and fro throughout the whole earth seeking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. And guys, I'm always looking for somebody that I can show myself strong on their behalf. There's always a need. And as we read this, and it's like right now, there's a need for a man. There's going to be a need for a man that God can put his hand upon. God can put his spirit upon and raise him up to deliver this group right now. And God's going to find this guy, Jephthah. Previous to this, God has found other people that he put his hand on. He used him and he used her and he used different people at different times. So to you and I, are we that kind of people, right? Are you that kind of individual? Could God say, you know what? There's a need at your job and I need a person like you to talk to somebody like her. Could you be that person? Are you available? You know, will you love on some people in the name of the Lord? Can God sing you to be a spokesman when he needs to? Um, I, my prayer for myself, for my family, for us as a church, is that we would as individuals, but even as a group, that we be those kind of people that are living in such a way that when a need should arise, you know, it's too late to get cleaned up when the need arises. God's looking for ready servants. You're, this person's ready. They've been walking. They've been living. They've been just, they just, they've been just, they didn't even know they were getting prepared for this service, but they're ready right now. I'm going to put them in. I need them to do this. Uh, many times the things that God chooses to do, he does things that we weren't even thinking about. They weren't even, we weren't even planning, but God just moves us and he moves his kids around. He puts people in places where they can glorify him best, be a blessing to his kids more. They're going to, this guy is going to be a blessing to the people of God that want a deliverance. God's going to deliver him, but he's going to do it through a man again, as, as has been the case. And I believe that the same is true today. Now we don't have kings or we don't have judges. We're not living in that era, but God still uses people. God still puts his hand upon people. God still puts his spirit upon individuals and he uses them to minister to other people. Most of us here that have been around the church for any amount of time, you can look over the years of your walk with the Lord and say, there have been people at different junctures in my walk that the Lord used them to help me, to minister to me, to comfort me, to teach me. Um, God used people. That's what he does. Everybody here that's saved, um, unless you have a radical, you know, the Lord just showed up in a dream sort of experience. There's some people were involved. In helping you to see your need for the Lord. There were some people involved in helping you understand how to take hold of what the Lord was doing. God used people. And we can be thankful for those people. I'm, I'm so thankful for the couple that led me to the Lord. I love them. I love that they were bold. I love that they didn't quit. I love that they kept going until I got it. I'm so thankful to them and their witness to me at that season of my life. Because um, there weren't a lot of people like them that I knew, but I'm thankful for them. But now we get to be those people. 
Right now, the Lord's like, you get to be that to somebody else. You got yours. They were that to you when you were 19, living in an apartment, not knowing the Lord. But they they saw what they, they saw that you could be saved and you were not. And they didn't relent. They didn't stop until you got it. Now you can be that for somebody else. You know what happens when you start sharing with somebody and sharing with somebody and they blow you off and they don't want to hear it after a while? What does everybody, what do you feel like? Forget it. But I, I, you know what I get reminded? I've done that before with certain people, people, my family, people that they don't want to hear you no more. And then the Lord's like, man, what if he had said, forget it? And my buddy, they always tell me that he said, forget it at one point. He said, I'm, I'm casting pearls before the swine. But I said some dumb stuff in front of him and his wife, was, his wife made him. She's like, no, you need to continue to pray for your friend. And she made him come back and talk to me again. And it was just two more talks and I got saved. So I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful for her that made, no, nope, you're going to keep praying for your friend. I, I praise God for her, you know, for making him come on back down. And so there are times where it gets, you may feel that way, but God can use us. Obviously, as we looked at Tola in the beginning, 23 years of service, Holy Spirit has no comments. I just, the challenge is that we wouldn't live a life that that there'd be something, Holy Spirit have something to say about my life. Let your life be used by God. Let there be something that the Holy Spirit could comment about your life, that it was used by him, it was used for him, it was used for his glory. We looked at Jair, all that can be said after 22 years of service is that he had 30 kids and they had, all had a donkey and they all had a place to live. And so, yeah, they did well for themselves. That's it. End of the story. Let your life and your family and your kids be about something so much more than what y'all get for yourselves. Make sure that not, not nothing wrong with having things that God blesses you with. Make sure that's not the end goal. Make sure you haven't bought into the American dream and that's it. And don't be selling that to your kids. Make sure that we know that it's, all, it's, it's, it's about a whole lot more than some stuff that we can have and own on earth because we won't be here that long. Amen. Amen. And as we look at the children of Israel, they fall into the cycle of sin once again, um, that we would be warned, all of us, that our God is a holy God. Our God is a jealous God. It says that in Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. We didn't go there, um, but he's a jealous God. And, and as they turned their back on the Lord and worshiped other gods, God turned his back on them and God gave them over. And we looked at the same thing in Romans 1. As people, they knew God, but they wouldn't glorify him as God. God said he gave them up. He gave them up and he gave them over. You guys can have it. Let's make sure that we don't play the God game. That we don't take advantage of the grace of God in that way. Um, we're all thankful for the grace of God. We all appreciate the mercy of God. Um, but let's don't be playing games with the Lord. Uh, we want to make sure that we live thankful for his mercy when we need it. Uh, but you don't want to be playing. You don't want, I don't want God to turn me over or to give me up to some mess. I, I want God to take me in. And um, then uh, we learned this about the Lord, that he's merciful. And even though he told them, I'm not going to hear y'all no more. When they repented. And he saw that and said that he, he, he couldn't stand to see the misery of his kids. And so you need to know that your heavenly father has a soft spot for you. He loves you and, and he is merciful. And even when you've blown it and blown it and blown it and blown it many times as you turn back to the Lord and you repent, you'll find a merciful God. A God that wanted to receive you back, wants to have you back. And so I don't want to diminish that in any way that God is merciful. And uh, I know we've all come upon the mercy of God many times and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that other people can come back. How come we can keep coming back because he's merciful? Because if he wasn't merciful, we wouldn't be able to come back. Some of us in Rand, we didn't wore out our welcome 10 times ago. And so I'm thankful for the mercy of God. And lastly, that we be reminded um, as we look at all these people's lives and uh, even how at the end of this, God's getting ready to raise up another deliverer, uh, that God's always looking for a man or woman to use to minister to his people. There are needs all around us, and if we avail ourselves to the Lord, 
God will use each one of us to minister to other people for his glory. And so let's be available to the Lord. Amen. Much of life is cyclical. There are seasons that cycle through and then start over again. You see the pattern or cycle of the Israelites in the book of Judges. They rebel from God and sin, bringing judgment on themselves. But then God sends them a deliverer, and they turn back to following God. But eventually, they turn away and start the same cycle over again. Do you think God got tired of that cycle and wanted to throw in the towel with these people? If anything, the book highlights God's mercy when the Israelite people were undeserving of rescue. But this is the God we serve, one who's looking to redeem and rescue. He also wants you to genuinely turn back to Him, not questioning His goodness or faithfulness, God's long-suffering. And He proves this time and time again in the book of Judges. Have you been enjoying this series in Judges? Pastor Bill has been working his way through this book here on The Transforming Word. If you'd like to hear additional messages from Judges, head over to calvaryinglewood.org. Look under the teaching tab for more messages. While you're on our website, you can download our mobile app to take teachings with you on the go. Something else you might find at our website are links to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Stay connected with us through those various platforms and come back again to hear more from Pastor Bill. There are many things to learn from the book of Judges, and we're just getting started. So make sure that you don't miss a single edition of A Transforming Word.